Hello, and welcome back to the Procrastinated Podcast. TPP, baby. We're back in the house. The house? The his house. My apartment in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. It is currently Sunday, March 28th. Oh, wait, that's the intro. We're not there yet. This week's theme is uh, changes. A lot of changes going on in my world at the moment. Um, Some changes going on in the world around me. Not really, but like a little bit in the greater world. Uh, Also, some of the biggest changes in history. Maybe when we, went st- we started standing up, when we went to the moon, and maybe other ones that I'll think about throughout the episode. But don't go changing. That's a reference you understand. Roll the intro. What am I talking about? Hello, and welcome back to the Procrastinate Podcast, brought to you by yours truly, Matthew B. Stein. Your host, as always, you know the deal. Episode 32, um, Edger and James is a famous 32. Um, he's the only one I can think of at the moment. But it's episode 32. We're back in this business. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing all right. Today is March 28th, as I mentioned in the intro. And today, since it's March 28th, is also my good friend Sarah Ansari's birthday. She was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and today is actually her birthday. And I was at her apartment just before this. We were celebrating it. Yay, yay! She went out to eat with her family and some close friends earlier. So, uh, happy birthday, Sarah. Good for you. Hope life is well. Uh, but as for the episode today, let's get into the little intro segment, the highs and lows of the week. I guess that's kind of a high of the week. It's Sarah's birthday, but that's not the high that I picked. My high for the week is, it involves Sarah as well. Earlier this week, I was hanging out with them, and uh, we would. it was a really nice day. Well, actually, it was warm. It wasn't like that nice of a day, but it was really warm. Uh, so we wanted to get outside. We wanted to do something, get active. So we went on a little drive into Indianapolis, and we eventually got to, um, I don't remember the, know the name of the road. Anyways, we got to a place that has a really nice view of Indianapolis that we've been before, and we hung out there a little bit. We ended up walking around, and it was kind of... The place that we were in was a lot more sketchy than I realized, but it was like the middle of the day, so no no stress. And it was right by the zoo. But anyways, um, where was I going with that? Wow, I genuinely just forgot where I was going with that. Oh, we went on a walk. It was raining a little bit, which kind of was sucky, but also rain's kind of fun and it wasn't like pouring. It was just like kind of a steady drizzle, if that's the right term. I never really know rain terms. There's like a sprinkling. There's like even a dusting, even that's more snow. Um, sprinkling, downpour. Uh, it was raining sideways, like Forrest Gump. Like there's all different kinds of rain, and I never really know which one fits where, but I still, you, you guess. You, you try and fill in the blank. You try and guess. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. Um, but you roll with the punches, just like I'm doing right now. And I'm moving on to actually, well, can sing in the high of my week with those same people. Last night, I went to, um, oh, I was just hanging out with them, and we went into the, the quad or the mall of Butler's campus. And we played Frisbee, um, or played Catch with a Frisbee, and we did like this kind of like, it was a goofy, we did like an actual icebreaker thing, so if you threw, once you caught the Frisbee, you had to say fun fact, or like your favorite color, or something like that. It was kind of dumb, but also, um, like, so for the same reason the icebreakers work, everybody thinks it's, everybody knows it's dumb, but you do it anyways. And it actually does kind of help the mood. Like, I jokingly said, like, whenever somebody said a fact, I was like, everybody clap for Sarah, yay! Like, it's goofy, but it actually, it was a good time. It was kind of fun. Um, so those are probably my two highs of the week. Also, celebrating Sarah's birthday was cool. Didn't really get to be a part of it, actually. 
<sighs> I did spoil. <laughs> oh God. So I sent her, so today's her birthday. Um, and she was in at a wedding this past earlier for yesterday, the past two days, she was just coming back and she met those friends to go for dinner. But before, while she was on her way there, I sent her a video of me in her room. Cause I was the only person in her room because the people had left. And I sent her a video of me spinning around in her room and there were balloons in the background on her bed. Uh, so I spoiled the surprise that like something was going on. And then actually later in um, her room at once they like everybody had gotten there and we said, happy birthday. I, uh, I was talking to Sarah just like pretty close and I, ended, I actually spoiled that they were going roller skating afterwards. I said, um, well, depends what you want to wear. What do you want to wear? Depends what you want to wear when you go roll, when you go skating later. And I was like, you freeze because I'm spoiling a surprise and I felt I immediately felt terrible and she was going to say something to them. But I was like, no, 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 that's okay. Don't worry about it. We're just chilling. What are you talking about? No, that's cool. Uh, and she didn't tell anybody, but it's funny because later on, then another friend of mine or friend of ours, I was there named Sabina. She, uh, also spoiled it and said skating as well. Uh, so that helped me feel a little bit better, but spoiling birthday surprises is like, it's like to me like one of the the worst things you can do honestly especially when like if you're just a part of the surprise and you didn't plan everything and all of that if you're just like an accomplice to the crime and then you spoil it that's even worse oh my goodness I, i'm not not a fan of that um but i did it so i'm bad friend good friend i don't know um but I, actually I, so they went and got the cake the three like people that planned everything so sabina sarah and i were just left in the room so uh, I actually ran, actually, I ran in there to join them in the room, and I told, I told Sabine, I said to her and looked at Sarah, I was like, secret, secret, can I share the secret? And I was like, so we both spoiled the surprise, so it, like, we both goofed up, uh, we both said skating, so, like, don't feel bad about it or anything, and it was, it was kind of a wholesome note moment, but it's also pretty funny, because we have this little secret between us. I wonder if it will come out when they go roller skating, I'm not going with them, so I won't know, but, uh. Yeah, I kind of goofed there, so maybe that's also kind of a low of the weekend. It leads me into my low, which I've been spending way too much time on this segment, but yeah, whatever. My low, so last night, yeah, it was supposed to be last night, so kind of a good thing that it wasn't because we had a really, really good time. Last night, I was supposed to volunteer for the March Madness tournament that is going on in Indianapolis at the current moment, and uh, I got an email Friday, so the day before last, or yeah, saying... Due to an increase and in, decrease in teams, we won't be, or you won't, we won't need your help volunteering. Um, which I was bummed about when I initially read it. I wasn't like, but I was just a little annoyed because I wanted, I was looking forward to do it. And it's a good opportunity and I get a free shirt and all this stuff. And, but I was confused. Like, so I signed up to do this like two weeks ago. And I was like, it's, I was like, okay, it's Sweet 16 weekend. So there'll be things going on. So it's a good time to sign up to do it. But, uh, they said there, there was a decrease in teams. Like, I don't know how many teams they expected to still be here during the sweet 16 when there's always 16 teams left every single year all the time. So I don't know, like, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Did they, isn't this exactly what was planned the whole entire time? Maybe they wanted, expected there to be 17 teams or something. I really don't know. But hopefully luckily i still have chances to do it next weekend so hopefully it that still plays out and i get to do it because i really want to and it's a great opportunity to potentially meet some cool people within the sports world in indianapolis maybe maybe not we'll see but potentially um i'm doing like i'm being like a runner so i'm going like from place to place maybe delivering documents or people or something like that so it's kind of cool but we'll see 
Um, but it, it sucks that they got it canceled. But like I said, have next week to look forward to. Cross fingers, it still happens. Oh boy, I spent way too much time on the highs and lows. But now let's get into the 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 the, the bulk of the episode, the meat and potatoes, as I've said before. This week's theme is changes. So uh, where that idea really came from, uh, there's been a lot of a decent amount of changes going on in my personal life and my now family's life. Um, so I've mentioned before that, well, actually, we'll start with me because I'm the most important. <laughs> Not actually, but uh, so in my life, there's been some changes recently, and I've talked about them a little bit, a little bit on this episode, and that volunteering kind of is a part of that because I've been getting a lot more opportunities. Like I've been actually making more. Sorry, I just had a freaked out and thought maybe I missed an opportunity. Um, I have been doing more things like professionally. Like I actually have a, a set a goal for myself every day. You gotta make one professional contact, whether that's just like sending an email back to somebody that you already have made contact with, or hopefully somebody new, just so you meet more people, which is ideal. Um, but one professional contact a day and apply to one internship day. Now the one internship a day is a little more difficult, uh, or not difficult, but strenuous because like so when I send an email to somebody I'm just like hey my name is Matthew Sign I'm a sports media major at Butler University uh you do this like I would like to know more about that like that's pretty that's pretty easy but like sometimes with internships you need like letters of recommendation you need whatever else you need oh you have to answer questions you just have to, like, a little like a little more direct so that's kind of annoying, but I've been doing pretty well with it. It's about every other day I apply to an internship, which is good because I just need to keep doing it because the only way you land one is by applying to as many as possible. Uh, and there's some, I've applied to a few that are actually pretty interesting to me, so that's that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. But in the bigger scheme of things, uh, I'm volunteering for the tournament. I'm commentating over Butler sporting events. I'm also working with a professional production company in Tupelo Raycom. Or to Pale Honey, they do games for like ESPN and other stuff. I have another game coming up next weekend. Next weekend's gonna be a busy weekend. Um, also, I'm doing work with, I'm producing and commentating on high school sporting events in Indiana with a company called Indiana SRN. So, a lot of things in the pipeline. It's really, I feel like I've made a change to like being more of an adult, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's really, it's really pretty awesome. But enough about me about my family. So I mentioned we have a bar before. Sounds glamorous. Not, whoops. Sounds glamorous. Not actually that interesting. Not actually that crazy. But it, it's, it's, it's cool, I guess. It's pretty cool. But believe it or not, owning a bar is very stressful. So my dad is the owner and my brother has been the manager for like four years now. Uh, it's very stressful, especially with like the way, like the, the, to be totally honest, the bar is just kind of falling apart a little bit. It's on its last, not on its last leg, but things always need to be fixed. There are things on it that need to be fixed now. It's just a big, a uh, little bit of a shithole. Not really. It's a lot. I love the place, but like, it's got some bangs and bruises. That's a better way to put it. So, uh, it's been in the works to be sold since August. At the beginning of August, there was supposed to be a deal that was supposed to go through. It was going to be absolutely beautiful. It was the most amount of we got most amount of money we got offered. Uh, it was fantastic. And then the guy, his girlfriend, got and uh, went to, got an accident and was in a coma for a little bit. And now she's been re re um, re rehabbing. Couldn't remember the word rehabbing for a while. Blah blah blah. And then eventually that just kind of faded off. The guy never got back to my dad. Um, so. After that, we had to regroup, and then we actually listed it with a commercial real estate person. And since then, we got a whole bunch of, or a decent amount of offers just flown in from all over the place. Like, there's this one guy local who offered a solid amount of money, um, but my dad wanted more. 
Uh, and then we got a good offer. That was really what we wanted. Uh, and it's the people like had applied for financing and everything already. And it seemed like it was ready to go. Uh, and then it got all the way really up to the end where it was going to be. Oh, and this was like a week ago. Uh, and it fell through. The, the, the loan didn't go through, which kind of really was a big bummer. Um, my brother sent my brother into a small existential crisis. And my dad maybe as well a little bit uh, because nobody expected it. And it just kind of pulled the floor out from underneath us. But... Like I said, we've had multiple offers, so we're able to rebound. And the local guy I mentioned, I think that's the avenue we're going to go now, which is ideal. Uh, the price, like, you obviously want to make the most money, but, like, if as, as long as you get rid of it, like, at this point, it just needs to be gone. It just needs to be out of our hands, a deal that be gone forever. And uh, it's getting there. It's getting there soon. Soon, hopefully. Hopefully, cross your fingers, nothing else goes crazy, but... Honestly, with that place, who knows? Uh, even though I know you guys don't really understand what I'm talking about, but whatever, I guess. I don't know. So, uh, those are the changes going on in my life. That's going on around me. That's what I've... Those are the changes I've noticed in my life. But I thought it would be fun if we delved into some of the biggest changes in the history of the world. So, like, what are some big changes we think of? Um, like there's all the wars and stuff, World War One, World War Two. Those are big changes. You got um, technology or electricity just in general. Um, aqueducts. That's an old invention I can remember. Uh, the the invention of the internet. That's a crazy big one. Obviously, you got like the the man on the moon. Maybe coming up in here in a few years. Man on Mars. That would be pretty cool. People are kind of split about going to space, which to me, like I'm very interested in space travel. But also, like, people aren't interested in it because, like, what can you really do with it? Like, what does going to Mars really do for us? Where, What is a scenario where leaving Earth is actually better for us than being on, than try, staying and trying to fix Earth? So, like, I get it, but I also think it's exciting, the fact that we just, like, are able to do that. But, like, there's no real app applicable value for it i guess kind of and we're slowly destroying earth so if we go to mars we're going to slowly destroy that as well so like i don't know i just find it hard to not think that it's cool maybe it doesn't benefit us much but i still think it's a dope thing that's happening anyways um that would be a big change actually go to another planet that'd be cool uh but like more of our lineage let's think so first car um first people to speak english maybe i don't know when that was but another one, Lucy. Now, if I say Lucy, some of you might know what I'm talking about. Some of you might not. That's the first we're going to delve into. Lucy was the first um, homo sapien. That's not the genus that she was from. But the first person from our human lineage to have knees that stood up. She was found in Ethiopia in 1977, I want to say. Something like that in the late 70s. And she was alive 3.2 like million years ago very long time ago and uh allegedly she got her name or not allegedly this is actually a fact she got her name so they found her during one day in ethiopia and later that night they were partying who yeah who yeah you you obviously because they just made a big discovery hurrah party 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 and they named her lucy because during that party they were listening to the beatles who were pretty popular just a couple years before and they were listening to lucy in the sky with diamonds and the guy who found lucy i should have the name but i don't said um let's name her that and then they did not a crazy story but you know it's a unique little tidbit 
So, like I mentioned, she was the first human to have, or at least that we've discovered, to walk bipedal. Lived 3.2 million years ago. Um, fun fact, she had both human features and uh, ape features. Also, they said she had features that were like, um, which I guess we probably have, like the appendix, but we, like she had features that she didn't really need anymore, that just like hung around, because they didn't have any reason really to go away. And I think that's kind of what the appendix is. Like, I don't have an appendix. I got, I got it taken out in sixth grade. But we don't really need it. It's not essential to our survival. It is cool that it is a thing. What? <laughs> no, it doesn't really pay, pose any crazy benefit to it. Like, I don't think that my body is less healthy without it. I definitely, for a time, was less healthy with it. I don't know if I've told the story of getting my appendix taken out, but it, it was a very weird time in my life. And I figured I'm, yeah, whatever. I might as well change it or tell it now. That was a big change in my life as well. It was the first major surgery and only major surgery I ever had. So, fun fact. But the story of how I got my appendix broken. Here you go. Here's the whole story. Or broken? Replaced? Replaced? <laughs> taken out. Removed. There we go. So, it's a mid-December morning. It's a Saturday, I believe. I wake up out of bed at like 10, 15, 10, 30, when I normally woke up on the weekends and I roll out of bed. I like actually roll out of bed. Cause my bed at the time was like a foot off the ground. It was basically just flat on the ground. Cause it used to be about, used to be a loft. And then my brother just cut the legs off cause he was tired of climbing up there. So it was just flat on the ground. And, um, I, so I actually just roll out of bed and I go to stand up and I'm like, huh, that does not feel good. I cannot stand up. I cannot Oh, even, like, my abs are kind of sore right now. <laughs> but I, I cannot stand up. That is a problem. We should have, like, what is going on here, Matthew? Do you understand what is happening to your body? I did not. So I, uh, instead of walking, I did, like, a little crab walk, almost. Like, I had my, my legs in a ball, and I was just, like, tiptoeing back on my feet. Um, I was walking as a ball. I was a, a bowling ball of sorts. And I went across this short hallway that separated my room and my sister's bedroom, Saw if she was there. She was not. I went to the living room that was just right next to us to see if anybody was there. Nobody was there. But the TV was on. So that was peculiar. Not uncommon for the TV to be left on, but the TV was on. So I figured, surely somebody's around. So then I made my way to, like, across the living room, into the kitchen, into the um, laundry room to see if my mom was in there. She was not. And then went to my brother's bedroom to see if he was there. He was not. I then made my way to my parents' bedroom. And my dad was in there, KO'd, snoring like a bear. Uh, and I had to wake him up. And whenever I wake my dad up, it's kind of funny. He always, huh! he always jumps. He's always terrified every single time you wake up, wake him up. I think it's because he sleeps very deeply. Um, or now he does, especially. But he always jumped. It was always really funny. Um, also, kind of scary to wake him up because of that. But I woke him up nonetheless because clearly something was wrong with me. Clearly, I could not stand up. So that's, a, that's an alarm. He then decided that, luckily my family was in town for Christmas, so he then decided we should go to my grandma's house because everybody was out there, and I have an aunt who's an anesthesiologist and an uncle with a background in physical training, I think, so or physical therapy. So we go out there, and they um, that, that I, everybody, like, I, I waddle into the house, and um, <laughs> I really don't remember much about being at the house, but I do remember them telling them, and then I got laid out on the couch, and they're like, me slowly spread my body out and um i had told them i pull up my shirt and i was like it hurts here 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 
um, or it hurts right here, wherever, like, it hurts right on the, so if you look at your own body, to the right of your belly button, because I think this is where your appendix is, but to the right, of, between your right belly button, or your right belly button, your belly button and your hip, it hurt like right in the middle. So they said, now that is a sign of appendicitis, you should probably go to the hospital right now. So then I went to the hospital, and then they cut me open, or no, I got a CT scan or whatever the heck, then cut me open, took it out. I remember waking up and seeing all of my family and all of my cousins and everybody in my bed, in my hospital bed, and then um, I passed out immediately, and then I woke up again, and uh, it was just my close family, and uh, 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 I healed, and I left the hotel, or the, the hotel, the hospital, after staying for one night, and I missed, like, the whole winter break of my basketball season, but I got a basketball that had all my teammates' names on it. It was cute, but, um, yeah. That's the story of my getting my appendix removed, basically. Another big change in my life. Why did I... I don't know. Oh, features. Lucy. We're back to Lucy. Lucy had features that she didn't need. Um, she also had, like I said, human and ape features. One of the ape features she had is she still had swinging arms. So she th they thought she spent time in trees. They believe she slept in trees as well to get away from predators. Uh, I'm very curious to know what the predators to humans or human-like people were back 3.2 million years ago probably would not be a big fan of them i don't know if dinosaurs were around 3.2 million years ago um i know it's a long time ago but i feel like they were probably longer than that but 3.2 years ago million years ago 3.2 years ago that i keep saying it over and over again that amount of time ago i bet they were probably like saber-toothed tigers maybe maybe woolly mammoths there's probably like closer cousins to animals we have now that would be my yes um, so I would not like to be just a caveman living in the wilderness. That would not be fun. But that's what Lucy was. So I think she spent time in, in trees still. So that's why she had the swingy arms. Also, um, she was a full-grown adult, but she was the size of a modern five-year-old. Interesting, huh? Um, that kind of surprised me. But also, like, she was very close relative to monkeys or chimpanzees. So still makes sense because, like, they're not massive. So, you know... For how she died, the mystery of Lucy the humanoid, uh, she, they allegedly think that she fell out of a tree, um, like a too high of a drop, and then broke her leg, and then fell with her arms out. Uh, I don't remember exactly why this was, but it was either, I think it was the femur maybe, there was like some bone fragments um, that had been broken off, and uh, yeah, so I think Lucy just got a little too old for her body, thought she could land the jump, dropped didn't land the jump, broke her leg, and then died. Thank goodness that's not a reality now. If I fall out of a tree and break my leg, I'll survive that probably pretty easily. Um, but the fact that really not even up till too long ago, if you broke your leg bad enough, bad enough, you would probably die. Like probably like 150 years ago, you probably could die from just a normal injury. Um, thank the Lord for modern science. Another major change, science and pharmaceuticals and all that stuff. That would be a pretty good one to cover. I need to take breaths. I feel like every time I talk, it's a sprint. But if I chill, take my time between words, I can potentially add a different flow to the episode. I can break it up a little bit. I can stop trying to run so hard, give myself actually time to think about things rather than trying to just spew information because that's what it feels like sometimes. So I should chill out a little bit. So for another major shift in Amer or American, it's not all about us, 
in world human history, does involve America, is the moon landing. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the other guy. <laughs> Feel bad for the other guy because nobody really knows his name, but Neil Armstrong, or Louis Armstrong, or Lance Armstrong, uh, you know, I think they're, I think they're really, um, you can rotate them, you can really switch them around, and they all fit into the same boot. Um, they're all essentially the same person. But him, and then Buzz Aldrin, and then the other guy. Whoever, nobody knows his name. He doesn't even exist anymore. But, with the moon landing, rather than telling the story of the moon landing, because we kind of know it, in 1969, they sent him to the moon, they landed on the moon. Hooray! Everybody came back alive, somehow. Can't believe that actually happened. But they made it back alive. Uh, and JFK was the one that launched the planet to go to the moon. He died before it was able to, ha to see it happen. Nixon was actually president when we went to the moon. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, apparently, JFK wanted to go to the moon really just to beat the Soviets. Which makes sense. It was the space race. That was the goal the whole time. But it was really like a more of a chess play to, for the Soviets rather than actually the excitement of going to the moon. Um, which makes sense. Like, what does going to the moon really gain? Just like going to Mars. Like I said earlier, what does it really gain? Like, it's not like you get space sponsorships from doing that or whatever it's just the government doing it so they can maybe direct more funding to a different area like that's kind of all it really is it's a little goofy now that i'm saying these things i kind of understand that like what's the point so um what was i saying oh the moon landing so just, I just have some like fun facts of what they thought about the moon landing, like what was their fears or just fun facts about the moon landing, basically. So uh, the moon actually has a unique smell, believe it or not. So that when they went to the moon, they weren't sure if they were just going to like, when they stepped on it, if it was going to give or if it was going to be solid rock or not. So, but the moon actually has a smell. It smells like after Buzz Aldrin or Neil Armstrong, one of the two said it smells like the air after a fireworks show. Which, now that I say that out loud, I was like, it's kind of an interesting smell. But I mean, it makes sense. Think about what the moon once was. The moon once was once a flaming ball flying through the flying through the void of space, colliding into other balls, so explosions. And um, it's been cooling for a long, 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 long time. And you know those craters that are on the moon? That's obviously from other things colliding into it and creating those craters. So for something that was once burning for such a long time, probably such a high temperature, uh, and, and maybe the core of it is probably still really hot, would make sense. Um, it would make sense for it to smell like a, after a fireworks show. Because there's explosions, there's the whole nine, exactly what you expect. And it's just all settled. It's just space dust. So... Uh, I thought that was a weird thing at first, but now that I actually think about the explanation for it, it kind of makes perfect sense, but still pretty cool. Um, not what I would expect. It would be cool if the moon smelled like cheese, as people have theorized that the moon is cheese because of the holes. I would prefer that to space dust or to after a fireworks show, but still kind of cool either way. Still a tidbit of knowledge that I'd like to learn. So... We're in the age of COVID. With the age of COVID comes the age of quarantine. Quarantine has probably been used the most now, or at least in the last year, than it has maybe ever. So, uh, another fun fact with the moon landing is the the people like NASA were actually afraid that the astronauts had a potential to bring back like some space disease, which 
kind of makes sense, but I think there'd be like a lot of dead germs on the moon. So, but it was the first time going to the moon. So you never know. So when they got back on like July 27th of 1969, they actually had to quarantine for two weeks from 27th to the 10th of August, uh, which I thought was kind of goofy, but also, I mean, makes sense because if they did potentially bring, bring back a space plague that would, that could decimate the whole world would not be good. Um, they turned out they didn't have any diseases, diseases or anything. They just had to quarantine and they actually had like, were stuck in their pod, their landing pod for a while. And then they got moved to like a bigger like facility where they could live their lives a little bit and have their own space. Um, but another fun fact about like the actual space shuttle, apparently it wasn't even like, there wasn't any room for seats. So they had to actually stand when they landed, which is kind of spooky because like, what if they just snapped their knees when they landed and they landed too hard and something went awry? But I guess if something went awry, they would probably just straight up die rather than just break their knees. Who knows? But about the landing, not the Barbie landing, the bar that my family owns, the space landing, when they landed, they actually only had 30 seconds left of fuel, which um, was another thing. At first glance, I was like, what? But also, makes sense. If you're going the first time to the moon, you're going to calculate everything, everything possible. And also you want it to be as lightweight as possible and you want to pack as like little stuff that you need as possible just to keep everything streamlined and as, and as efficient as you possibly can. So um, they probably calculated how much energy they needed to do and like needed to get from Earth to, Ma or to the moon to back. So it makes sense they would only have 30 seconds of fuel left because they measured it all out and they, they thought how much fuel do we need and then they found the answer and then... They actually were overcalculated a little bit. Although I bet they calculated a little bit of a cushion just in case there were some minor inconveniences or more drag or something like that. Um, but I do think that was pretty cool because it seems alarming, but when you think about the logic again, it makes sense. Which is kind of the theme of so far of these um, these fun facts. So uh, the last fun fact I have is actually about a person that was involved in the NASA organization or the planning of the of the of the travel to the space realm Katherine Johnson so I should probably have a little bit more information on her than I do just because she's a very important person that we don't really know much about other than the fact that there's now been a movie made on her called Hidden Figures starting starring Siraji Hudson is how you say her name maybe probably butchering that I apologize um Katherine Johnson. She actually, she was, she was an African-American woman. She worked for NASA at the time in the late 60s, so not a great time to be a black person. Not, not like, unfortunately, um, all of history has really been, especially American history, has been bad for uh, black people, and I, uh, not good. But the 60s was a particularly high-stress time. But she was able to work for NASA, which is an accomplishment on its own, in my opinion. But even bigger accomplishment is... She, um, she did the math for the, like, trajectory of the space shuttle. She did the math to calculate the, Paul, the path that Apollo 11 would take. And she, or, I mean, a lot of people were drafting it up. But she came up with it on her own and said, I, I did this, y'all. This is, this is it. This is the correct answer. I promise, I promise, I promise. And obviously, there's a bunch of white guys around her, so they didn't believe her. Um, but then they applied it. And they tested it out. And it actually worked. And it's been the base of the math they, they've used all to now it potentially i mean i don't know if this is true but it potentially could be the base of the math that even like spacex is doing and, and what bezos is doing with his space shuttle stuff 
which is pretty cool that it all goes back to an African-American woman, which I bet there are a lot of things in history that would go back to African-American women that we just don't know about, but that one's pretty cool. Oh, again, I feel like I was just sprinting, just but that is all I have for the main part of the episode. Now it's into the corner flag. Woo! I don't know. Uh, so with the corner flag, I don't really have anything crazy interesting. Uh, I mean, the tournament's still going on. There are games going on at Hinkle. I'm actually going to volunteer at the Media Hub for the game later today from 7.30 to 9. Actually, right after this because it's 7.15 right now. Um, but that's a cool thing that's going on. Uh, the... Oh, okay. Changes. Back to changes, Matthew. So, the implementation of the three-point line is really the only change I have on this list. Um, the change, the adding of the three-point line, to me, really kind of changed basketball forever, especially nowadays in the age of Steph Curry. He changed the game forever with his three-point shooting. So, he took the three-point and then took it up to another level and really, excuse me, made the NBA become a game of three-point shooting. And that was implemented in 79, I believe. And uh, big change to basketball. There are whole other big changes in sports that I could have listed, but I just didn't because I don't know. But a big change, another big change in basketball is from LeBron James. LeBron James. Like, you know that guy? Ever heard of him before? Maybe not. He's one, like, one of the most famous people in the world. But uh, LeBron, in 2010, he did the famous The Decision when he made his decision to leave the Cavs and go join the Miami Heat in um, Miami. What? How did I forget where they are? And join my boy, and join my boy Dwayne Wade in Miami. Uh, this is my Vivi jersey I got on, by the way. But and join my, my boy and uh, win two championships back-to-back. -back. Missed one the first year, missed one the last year. After that, left to go on to go back to Cleveland, where he actually redeemed himself and won a championship with them in 2016. Why am I talking about LeBron? This is about him going to the Heat and how that changed the NBA. So, the Showtime Lakers back in the 80s were a super team. Um, Kobe Shaq, super team. Pippen, Jordan, Rodman, super team. Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, and um, the third guy, super team. Wilt, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, super team. So super teams have existed for a long, long time in the NBA, whether people want to admit it or not. But people really think LeBron kind of modernized the um, the super team. He kind of, he, he made it a bigger deal. And it's he, people only say that because he is the best player in the NBA at the time and still probably is nowadays, now. But he did kind of make it more of a show. Because he did the decision, an hour-long special about his decision, where he was going or whatever. Um, he kind of played it up a little bit. But he was the best player in the NBA, and he could make money off of it. So why wouldn't you do it? But that has really changed and made the, the nowadays game kind of more polarized, where people are trying to team up and really go at him. Um, there are some teams that are still, still trying not to, but it's not really working out. You kind of have to team up, unfortunately. Which kind of leads me into a new point for today. So the Nets. This is going to be my closing point, and then we're going to do a feel-good article, and we're going to get out of here. So, for the Nets, they had KD, or Kyrie, he was first one to go to the Nets, and then KD joined him. So, you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Then James Harden joined them. Or actually, DeAndre Jordan was also already on the team as well, even though he's like a little past his prime, but that's kind of the story of this team anyways. DeAndre Jordan was on the team, and then James Harden joined them on the team in a big trade. And then Blake Griffin got bought out by the Pistons and joined them. And after he hustled everybody, acting like he couldn't dunk anymore, and then he just 
started dunking on the Nets because he was competitive. And then, most recently, LaMarcus Aldridge from the Spurs, used to play on the Trailblazers as well, left the Spur, or got bought out by the Spurs and joined the Nets to create one of the most ridiculous super teams that has ever existed and really kind of coalesces in the real overarching point of the impact LeBron's decision to go to the Heat had on the NBA. Also, with Kevin Durant going to the Warriors in 2016 or 17, another example. So that's how LeBron changed the NBA for the big time. Um, the Nets team now is ridiculous. Uh, it's almost unfair, but I bet LeBron and AD can still beat him in the championship just because LeBron's LeBron. Um, but their team is absolutely insane. So, now, it's everybody's favorite part of the show where we start to do some um, positive vibes, you know? We start to... Uh, feel good, as you might say. We have one, just one article today, but, you know, it's the whole point. It's just a feel-good article. So, for the feel-good article, right here, seemingly stranded cat rescues itself from bridge light pole. Now, what are your first thoughts? Because I don't know. We'll see. We had a, a loser commenting earlier. Are they trying to get underneath? Uh, why, why does this come up? So they have a guy, they have firefighters in a bucket, as you can see right here. Firefighters in a bucket, and there's the cat on the pole, like the light pole hanging off the bridge, um, just chilling, living life. And they think the cat is stranded, so they're like holding a bag under it to try and catch it, um, hopefully save it. Because um, that's the goal, obviously. You don't want the kitty to fall in the water and die. That would not be fun. There's save the kitty. But it, let's see what happens. Light, that's probably the smartest move. Oh, okay, there, okay, the cat... And now the cat. <laughs> so the cat. Yeah, I'll let it play, actually. Would you believe? And there's an enormous. <laughs> and then the cat runs. An enormous. So the cat was on the light pole, and then the guy got close to him. He's like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to get out of here. And he ran away, ran up the light pole, back onto the main part of the bridge, and then just up onto the road. Like, safe as sound. Cats are such con, man, bro. I swear to God. They're such cons. They really just play the game. Um. But we love them because they're nice and cuddly and cozy. So uh, that's the feel-good article. That's really all I have. We can let it play out a little bit longer and see what happens. In our newsroom yeah, this guy just talks. This is, the, this is something we're paying attention to. The... Cool, bro. Cool. Dope. That is all for this week's and week this week's episode of the Procrastinate Podcast. Hashtag TPP. Use it. Spread that engagement, baby. If you enjoyed the episode, please give it a like, subscribe, turn on my post notifications. That would be really cool if you did that. Also, if you went on Spotify and Apple Music and rated the podcast, that would be double cool. Um, but if not, I get it. That's life. But, uh, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Going through big changes. I'm going through changes in my own life, my family life. Hopefully you're going through changes now and they're good and positive and in a good direction. That being said... That's all I have for you for this week's episode of the Procrastinator Podcast. already said that. Uh, I've been your host, Matthew B. Stein. You've been fantastic, as always. And I will see you next Tuesday with a new episode, episode 33. Same time, same place. I'm stealing that. Peace out, everybody. Have a fantastic week.